0: All right, it's hour four of First Up here on TSN 1050. and Man, is it cold out there, and it's only getting colder in southern Ontario. Minus 20 Friday night. As good a time as ever to book a trip down south would be my personal preference, but I have nothing until... Mid March. March? Vegas in mid March? Uh... Which is still questionable. I mean, the weather in Vegas, I love Vegas. They had snow the other day. They did have snow yesterday. It was snowing significant amounts. And, you know, I'm 45 days out from my trip. Better be decent weather there. Is that March break vacation for you? Sure. I mean, whatever. I don't have any kids or anything. No, so I know, but it's... I-, I don't know what.
1: Day that is it's still March break travel. I mean, it's the busiest time of year when people travel is during
0: March break. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, should have probably looked up and looked in looked into that. But whatever. it <laughs> you is. You to be going to the airport and losing nah, your luggage? it's on like a, it's <laughs> on like a Wednesday. We fly out or something like that. Going to St. George, Utah as well. Oh, tee it up. That there's a golf course called San Hollow in St. George, Utah. You got to see this place. You're man. going to Utah. Utah is so a two hour drive from from Las Vegas Airport. Okay. And you got to see this golf And then course. you're going to Vegas from And then there? we got a couple nights in Vegas after that, yeah.
1: Well, I just but, never heard anybody say,
0: oh, yeah, I got a travel plan to Utah. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> it's... Uh, Unless you're going to play the jazz. Well, that's true, <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: not going to Salt Lake City, but there's some cool stuff happening there. The golf in St. George is all world. Really? All world. And I'm going to send you some, some clips some and videos you, uh, of Sand Hollow down there. Woo. Have you been to Casa
1: de Campo? I have not. Because I've got a bunch of friends that are heading down there um, soon. And Where's that in Mexico? Uh, Dominican. Dominican. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yes. And I know the guys on Golf Talk Canada talk about it a lot. Oh, those guys on Golf
0: Talk Canada. Did you they see haven't the trip. Made.
1: They just went on. Those California? guys haven't made
0: weeks. Aquino Scully. Is uh, that a Tory? Tory uh, um, Pines. They went. Well, to? they went to see the Farmers Insurance Open. Yeah. But oh man. Adam Scully just making albatrosses. Weeks yeah. and Aquino. welcome to the club. That's true. It's welcome quite an exclusive club. club. It is. I I think I'd rather have a hole in one than albatross. But of course. You know, there's a lot of people who would debate that. I would trust are more rare than a hole in one for
1: sure. So I was actually having this debate with my golfing buddies last year because I came very close last year, uh, like at least a handful of times, to getting a hole in one. And one of the things that I that I want to make sure I don't miss out on is the reaction, the celebration of if and when it ever happens. You want it on video, right? And so, like, it's hard because not, when you go to a par 3, you don't want to say, hey, guys, videotape me just in case I get a hole-in-one. But we we're actually talking that if golf courses can actually put, like, install, like, a pole on the back it of the, on the side sure. of every par 3 green for content for the course for a couple reasons. One, to actually prove the, the legitimacy behind somebody actually getting a hole-in-one. And two, to actually record the person that actually gets it to have the video of themselves. You have the back camera of the green facing the tee box with the the flag
0: there. That's how you record the reaction. I will say, you've had some horrible ideas (laughs) since we've worked together. That may be the finest one you've ever come up with. It's brilliant because... On one hand, yes, I think for the promotion people, for the course, huge. Like, think of like some of the celebrations that you can get right, on camera. I and agree. Hole in ones aren't that common. I mean, they don't probably happen a couple times a year each golf course. But right, but, yeah, but think you about all the crazy. Think of stuff. all the tournaments you go to, and people can just randomly say, "Yeah, I got a hole in one because I want the prize." And it eliminates the issues if you're playing by yourself, and that whole question. Because it's right. on, it's on tape. Absolutely, I sure know somebody that, that
1: told me they played once by themselves. They got a hole in one. They tell people that they got. and I go, no, you didn't. yeah, good one. Yeah, but I would, you have I would the just... camera there on the course. You have the video. A, like, in, no, in, I did. In the, in the world we live in today, where basically a camera follows you is on you twenty four seven. Is it really that hard to install? Okay, what each course has? What three or four par threes?
0: On yeah. them? Three or four, something like that, yeah. Is it hard it's a to great install idea. a pole at the back well, of it? There's financial aspects to everything. Who's going to run this? Where? How does it all work? To set up that whole system would cost a well, lot of part money. Part of my membership is there's a small fee that goes to Hole-in-One Prizes. Yes. You couldn't add an extra couple bucks to that? <laughs> to well, sure th- that the... fee is, which is actually a, a fascinating fee that our, we both have belong to the same membership, they add that, you know, what is it, 40 bucks a year or something? Yeah. And that's just in case you get a hole-in-one, you might have to buy drinks, drinks for, every- for everybody. It's one drink um, per, person. per person. And that happened last year at Calderwood. Someone made a hole-in-one. We went in afterwards, had a beer, celebrated with them. It was I'm awesome. not
1: even kidding. Almost every men's night, there's a hole-in-one. And... Does the person really make it, or is the group just saying, "I want a free drink when I get in"? But with the cameras, yeah, that are, right? You don't even. Have, you, it just you go to the camera, you watch it. Is it is it legit. Right. In.
0: With inflation, you look at it, your buddies like, "Boy, it's like I can't afford this twelve dollar pint after the round." We're like if, if to I pretend. ever got
1: a whole one, I'm sprinting from the tee box to the green. No, you're not.
0: You're gonna ride your cart. From no, the I'm box. sprinting. Like, Somebody not. else is gonna
1: ride because I'm gonna be doing jumping
0: jacks, <laughs> cartwheels. Well. You name it. It's funny, and I think anyone who plays golf has thought about what they would do if they made a hole in one. And I feel like you just black out, right? Right. You just like it's either an ethereal experience where, yeah, you you hole out, and you're just like, oh my god, finally! I played golf all my life, and this is. But how how do you replicate uh, the celebration if it's
1: not? In real time. Okay, yeah. yeah. You could sit there and say, oh, hey, take my reaction.
0: I'm going to try to redo it. But you also want to do it with your crew, too, 100%. right? Like, you want Turbo to be there, yes. Scotty, all the boys, when M- I, MDZ. When I make a hole-in-one, I want to make when? sure it's around the buddies that I play with all the time. <laughs> make, sure, make sure. Listen, I'll take it at any point in time. But, yeah, you don't want to be out there with, like, you know, you just join up as a random single playing yeah. on a you know, Thursday afternoon, and you hole out. You're like, wow. I made an ace and I'm here with these people I don't even know. Or maybe it'll be super fun. That could be a possibility. Well, it too. could be fun with the people you don't know because in, then they're just their reaction yeah. to your reaction. I will would say be even funnier. I have talked about this before. Like if I do make an ace, like I will have I will host a party for myself. And just like pictures of me golfing, maybe carry around the eight iron that I use <laughs> all night long at the party. So invite everybody at T S N. Twenty so, fingers will come. It'll be awesome. So there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation
1: as to what people do with their hole in one balls. You can plaque it, you can put it in a frame, you know, you can you, you build, can do a lot of build things. its own trophy case for it if you ever got one. Would you, like, put the glove, the tee, the ball, the iron, and like, not, make the iron? not the, iron. Probably, not the probably
0: not the iron. I mean, that's
1: what some people do. Dude, the I iron. played with a guy that had 10 hole-in-ones in his career. That's just And when ridiculous. I asked him, he's, he just brushed it off. I go, Kenny, how many hole-in-ones do you have? Because this guy was throwing darts. He goes,
0: 10. And he just kept walking.
1: <laughs> this was, like, no big deal. Like, 10 what hole-in-ones?
0: Oh, that's Jeez. amazing. He probably doesn't even celebrate. He makes it. He's like, oh, yeah. Nice. That's two that's all a, right, that's that, a one. That's a one or a two. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. No big deal. Yeah. Ah, oh, that must be nice. Anyways, it is the last day of January, meaning next month is February, meaning the following month is March. And then it's April. So when do you think we're gonna get golfing? You think there's a chance March, maybe? No, I don't. I I mean that, that would be extremely optimistic. And it's happened before, but the odds are the over under always in Ontario, Southern Ontario is the Masters. If you can get in before the Masters, you are signing up for that every single time. Mm-hmm. After the Masters, I think it's like a 50-50 shot. Your first round, I mean, there there was a late April start in like, two or three years ago, which was really tough. It also depends on what. Well, then this, you know, the, the I'm canceling golf for six weeks. Well, let's not talk about that, please, <laughs> please. Those were the darkest days. Yeah. What was um, the line that he society? used? Yeah. My buddies God, are in the a, parking lot. They have on. pops. I cannot that's believe it. That's don't what his don't, don't get me, was? Don't get me started on uh, our premiere. ridiculous thing in the world. I'm not sure I've ever been as angry as, in my entire life as when I watched that press conference. Yeah. I remember even watching Overtride. And James Duthie, who is as consummate a professional, never says a bad word about anybody, was just shredding. Doug Ford. Oh, <laughs> and it was hard not so. to. And somehow he got reelected. Congratulations. Congratulations. Wow. In any case, we've got Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus standing by. Is anybody going to take the Denver Broncos head coaching job? Who haven't they offered it to at this point? Seemingly, people turn it down every Bring single day. Bring back Hackett. You're still <laughs> Hackett must be like, oh, <laughs> really? Okay, you want me back? Uh, working with Russell Wilson. Does Russell Wilson be will that demand intriguing. player coach. He might be. He might yeah. be. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Brock Purdy, the future of the San Francisco 49ers, and his thoughts on the Super Bowl matchup, the Eagles and the Chiefs. Sam Monson joins us next You're on First Up. First Up continues here on TSN 1050. Aaron Korolnik and Carlo Koliakvo. We've got Sam Monson, PFF Lead NFL Analyst, the co-host of the PFF NFL Podcast on the line. He will join us in just a moment. I've also got the Waste Management Keyword of the Day, I promise. And Chrissy, I need you to remind me in my ear, if I forget, to give out that keyword in the next 15 minutes, but let's bring him in. As I mentioned, Sam Monson here on First stop. What's going on, Sam? Hey, how's it going, guys? We're doing very well, very well. So let me ask you this. The Denver Broncos coaching search has not gone well, and I think that's putting it mildly. Sean Payton, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to stay at Fox. You have Jim Harbaugh is like, hey, any interest in leaving Michigan? He's like, no, not, not for your job. And now D'Amico Ryans passes on that job. Looks like he's going to Houston. What, h- h- are you surprised at how difficult it's been for the Denver Broncos to hire ad Coach? Or maybe it's probably pretty obvious that this was going to be the case.
2: Yeah, I think it's an interesting head coaching job because it's so contingent on Russell Wilson. Um, you know, they made the huge move last season to trade for him. They then handed him the, the contract extension that was pretty much part and parcel of the trade, and now you're, you're stuck with him. You know, you couldn't... Last year was an absolute disaster for Russell Wilson. There were only a couple of flashes here or there that the, the player he was in Seattle is still in there somewhere. Um, but because of that contract extension, at the very minimum, you've got at least one, probably two more years of Russell Wilson before you can even think about moving on. So if you're a head coach looking at this job and thinking, um, you know, is this the right move for me? You have to ask yourself if you think you can salvage Russell Wilson because if you're going to get the same version of him as you got last year, that's probably going to be the thing that costs you that job. You know, by the time you can extricate yourself, from that contract, you're going to be the scapegoat, you're going to be fired, you're going to be moving on, and sure, it's probably going to be a pretty good payday for you when that happens, but it's going to be damaging to your coaching legacy as well.
1: Yeah, it sure is, and that's probably why Sean Payton hasn't made his decision either. I mean, probably the two I desired destinations for him would have been Dallas or the Chargers, but yep. they're not ready to make a coaching change, so maybe he holds out one more year. Um, let's... Um, Let's uh, get your reaction of the, the championship weekend. Uh, obviously, uh, not much to be said about Philly rolling over San Fran as San Fran played the whole fourth quarter with Christian McCaffrey, quarterback, but how disappointed were you to see Brock Purdy go out the way that he did?
2: Yeah, such a shame. Um, obviously, it, it kind of ruined the game as any kind of spectacle, first and foremost, um, but also Brock Purdy getting injured. I mean, we can kind of debate, how impressive his performances actually were when you sort of put them in context. But a, a guy coming in as Mr. Irrelevant, the final pick of the NFL draft, and playing like he did, which was upgrading what they had over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he was performing better in that offense. The offense itself was performing better with Purdy, a quarterback, than with Jimmy G back there. Um, for him to achieve that, even knowing what we know about Kyle Shanahan's offense and all those skill position players and, and all of those kinds of things, was really impressive. Um, and unfortunately for him, now he gets dealt with a, a really pretty serious injury that, that could keep him out for a serious length of time. I'm not sure what that quarterback situation would have looked like next season in San Francisco, even if he'd come out of that game 100% healthy. But it, it really sort of... You know, knocks his career sideways and and potentially puts a huge hurdle in front of him uh, for any kind of future opportunities. So do you think they'll be rolling with a Purdy-Lance
0: combination, Sam? Or do you think that they will look to the free agent market? Maybe they bring back Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe they sign Tom Brady. Maybe there's somebody else out there we haven't really contemplated. How would you proceed if you were the San Francisco 49ers?
2: Yeah, I think it kind of depends, um, you know, really what they think about Trey Lance. Obviously, he was supposed to be the starter this season. He got injured. They had to turn back hat in hand to Jimmy Garoppolo, and he took over, and then the Brock Purdy thing happened. But if they move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think makes sense, um, if just from his injury history, forget everything else, then they've got two quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Whether, you know, Trey Lance, Brock Purdy, that kind of gives them the flexibility to go for Tom Brady for one year, you know, and, and take that short-term roll of the dice for a guy that they think in this offense should be able to bring them to a Super Bowl immediately. It would be an intriguing um, move, and one that does make sense for the Forty ers who I think could operate on a kind of short-term timetable, unlike most teams in the NFL, and also have the money to make it work, given what else they already have tied up at that quarterback position. So. I could definitely see them being interested in Tom Brady, yes. uh, which would make them one of a few teams. Like I think the number of teams interested in Brady at this point, given the sort of very specific set of circumstances that need to come together for that to happen, is a pretty small list. Um, and if they don't get Brady, I think they're probably going to stick with the two young quarterbacks they have, with Trey Lance as the starter and then Brock Purdy as the backup.
0: All right, Sam, it's very rare that we can do this on this show live, but Chrissy... We've got breaking news in the National Football League. Tyler Huntley has been added to the Pro Bowl roster, replacing <laughs> Josh Allen. And I'm not kidding. Tyler Huntley, who was like the first alternate, I Get guess. Get your tickets. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we try not to... I'm swore. Um, you know, <laughs> talk negatively about the Pro Bowl here, Sam, but Tyler Huntley is part of the Pro Bowl. I mean... Talk about I a complete... I thought he complete... was supposed to
1: replace Herbert.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Who's he replacing not... Herbert then? <laughs> I, I don't know, but I mean, what, 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 what can you say about Tyler Huntley being a Pro Bowl-bound Sam Monson?
2: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> if, if you didn't already know that the Pro Bowl process was broken and had become something of a joke, this would pretty much feel it for you. I mean, Tyler Huntley passed for under a 1,000 yards this season. <laughs> he had, like, four passing touchdowns. He, I think, was the fourth alternate or something for the Pro Bowl. So, presumably, the first three guys passed up on the opportunity and said, no, I'm good. You're, you can you can play dodgeball with somebody else. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous.
0: Tyler Huntley, Pro Bowl. And that's why people are always say, like, oh, eight-time Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, and I'm like, all right, guys, Tyler Huntley, you know say what you will. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. So at least we have that look to look forward to. Sam Monson, PFF lead NFL analyst. And when we talk about this Super Bowl matchup, there's a lot of people pointing, Sam, to the path that the Philadelphia Eagles had to the Super Bowl. Not only Daniel Jones in the divisional round and then the Purdy-Johnson-McCaffrey fiasco in the NFC title game, but Also, the regular season schedule they had, the Eagles, the easiest regular season schedule down the stretch, really not a lot of challenges from quality offenses, except for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, who actually lit up the Eagles. Are you buying this Eagles off, uh, Eagles defense, I should say, as being overrated, or did you not buy that concept?
2: I think they're a very good defense, but it is a fair point to bring up the fact that they have had a very easy pass through to the Super Bowl. There, there's really no denying that. I mean, their schedule during the regular season was very favorable. Um, and as you said, their playoff run has been about as easy as it's possible to get facing a sort of an overachieving Giants team and then a 49ers team that lost all of their uh, quarterbacks. So this will be a different test to anything they've had this season. The only other comparable test they've had is facing Dallas twice. And as you said, they, they got beaten one of those games. The other one, they did much better. But that's kind of it when you look at real testing games on Philadelphia's schedule. So that's something that they have to prepare for, guard against in the Super Bowl, which is... You know we're going up against the the first time we've run up against a team that can legitimately be said to be one of the best in the NFL. Like this is a completely different step up for us. We need to bring our A game. But I think the the pieces are there. I think that shouldn't undermine the quality that they have across this roster.
1: Sam, this weekend uh, was highlighted by controversy. Um, you know, as you hear some of the. Um, Feelings coming out of that Cincinnati-Kansas City game. The officials were a big story coming out of that game. And I guess the question to you is, do you think the NFL has an officiating problem?
2: Yeah, I think they have multiple officiating problems. The biggest problem that they have, I think, is a complete lack of transparency in the process, um, top to bottom. And the fact that the closest you ever get to real explanations from officials are you know, one pool reporter talking to the head referee or whatever, who just gives these stock canned answers that never go any further. You know, he's like here, here's what we saw. And he just sort of gives you the, the taglines from the rule book, which is, which runs contrary to what everybody saw on the tape. And it's never teased any further than that. It's never questioned any deeper. And we just have to accept it and move on. When, You know They're making these decisions on the field. Nobody hears the conversations that are happening. When New York is buzzing down and and giving them more information or giving them instruction, we never hear that that even happened, let alone what they were saying. It's just after discussion, this is what we've determined. So I think the entire process needs to be made much more transparent if the NFL wants people to have any faith in it. Do you
0: think the Chiefs should be the underdog in the Super Bowl, Sam?
2: Probably not. I mean, I think this game is a true coin flip. I think we're talking about the two best teams in the NFL this season, which doesn't often happen, that they both make it all the way through to a Super Bowl. Um, and any time you start off with Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, you know, the, the Chiefs' foundation pieces, I find it sort of difficult to, to put them as an underdog in pretty much any game to start with.
0: That's totally fair. I can't wait for this game. It's coming up. In 12 days, the Chiefs and the Eagles live from Arizona. You and your entire team will be all over it. He is Sam Monson, PFF lead NFL analyst, the co-host of the PFF NFL podcast. Thank you for doing this for us, Sam. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. You too. Sam Monson. I think he's a New Yorker, Sam. Got a little New York twinge to the accent. I can't, couldn't really tell. Couldn't really tell. Maybe We're, a Boston maybe? guy? Oh, I don't know. We're gonna look into that. We're gonna look into that. But it's time. Irish. He's, he's Irish. Irish. Oh, really? Huh. Who knew? It is time for the waste management keyword of the day because TSN 1050 wants you, not you, Carlo, but someone in our audience, to be our unofficial correspondent at the Waste Management Open in Arizona. Today's waste management keyword is fairway. I don't know if you know what that is, Carlo. It's in between the rough. <laughs>
1: It's the spot I always
0: Thank you very much. You do hit a lot of fairways. I have never hit one in my entire life. Be sure to tune in to Overdrive from 4 to 7 today. When you hear the cue to call, call us in studio 416 870 1050. Do you smell burning in here? Actually, I do. That is probably not a good sign. We're going to have to figure that one out. The first caller through with the correct keyword wins a $100 Golf Town gift card and qualifies for the grand prize draw. The grand prize includes airfare for two to Scottsdale. (laughs) I don't know if this waste is burning down. A four-night hotel stay for two, two tickets to the Waste Management Open, additional $500 Golf Town gift card, a custom full bag fitting at Golf Town Studio X, and $500 cash to spend on the trip. We'll be calling the winner this Friday right here on First Up. Again, the keyword is fairway. We'll be back with more First Up probably after this. So we've given out the waste management keyword of the day earlier in the program. We've given away a pair of tickets to the open gym presentation, and we're giving away Raptors tickets here on First Up every week, all season long. Listen to our podcast on Thursdays for an hourly clue to the identity of a current or former Raptor. Once you know the player, you'll have until the end of the day to enter at tsn1050.ca for your chance to win a pair of tickets to see the Raptors and the Jazz on February the 10th. February the 10th. We'll announce our winner on Friday. The Raptors play the Jazz tomorrow night. The NHL All-Star break coming up tomorrow, the final day, final game for the Leafs and the Bruins. Like you ever go on any cool trips during All Star Weekend? I mean, you weren't an All Star; you're an All Star broadcaster, All Star friend. But thank you. You were never an NHL All Star, though. You were probably robbed on a on, a, on occasion back never. in 2010. You and Petrangelo, no. dominant. I think the one year
1: I missed out on the Young Guns game Ooh. that they used to have because I got hurt. Um, Shocker! <laughs> oh, funny guy over there. <laughs> That was when I had my concussion oh, against Vaclav Oh, that was a dirty, play. That, was a dirty play. that
0: wasn't a dirty play, it was an incidental play. Oh, I was thinking was. about the guy who hit you in the throat. Who was that? Oh, Arvidson. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Magnus Arvidson or Victor Arvidson? Victor Arvidson. Who was Magnus Arvidson? Played, Played for, for the, the Sen- Senators yeah. in the early 2000s.
1: He tried to decapitate me. Yeah, that was not cool. Cross-checking me in the throat, little, little jerk. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, no, I was never an all-star guy. Um, Who
0: did you travel with? Like, like you
1: know, I'm sure you went guys with, you went the with team. Gina,
0: but, like, the boys' trips? And-
1: yeah, you would pick a couple of guys in the team that had certain... It would normally be the girls that and the wives that, that would plan the trips because they'd be the ones talking about it, where the guys would be like, okay, just pick. We don't care. We'll go anywhere. We're rich. Doesn't matter. And so <laughs> it all depends on how many days you get. Like, I didn't play... Like, the, the, the bye week introduction was after I left the game. Yeah. Well,
0: this is an extended one. For the Leafs, they're off for 90. Right. They can go on so, a Euro trip. Exactly.
1: So, you know, if you get three days off on an All-Star break, it depends on where you're playing and what type of destination you're looking at. Because if you only have, like, three days for an All-Star break, do you really want to spend two full days traveling no, you got one day you got to go to, day to day Mexico there?
0: or to Mexico. Yeah, so
1: you know it it all depended on you know how much time you had and and actually the one time we had i had the best trip was in buffalo because we had like a 6 day break and there was like 8 or 9 of us that went to bahamas oh. and so it was and you're there you see you see members um, everybody there because it's a hot spot that people like to go to and so when we were there columbus was there really <laughs> um uh, Columbus was there, Detroit was there. Like there was so many other teams that were there, and that's the beauty about it is that like you're there enjoying your 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 days with your families, but at nights when the kids are in bed, you're out with the boys drinking MGDs, right? So that that was that was the fun part about that. You got you know got to see new people and and have fun with new guys and stuff like that. But honestly, that was the All Star break. That was the only. Real time, I got to enjoy the ulcer break throughout my career because it just wasn't long enough. And now, if you like these, these, these bi week breaks, you get like five, six days. You can go on a good trip somewhere and enjoy two, three, four days somewhere nice. So, that I mean, and sometimes early in my career, I just came home because it was the only time I got to see my family, right? During the season. that's so. pretty
0: lame. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, listen. I would want to visit your family too if I was you. Great yeah. family, of very cool people to hang out with. But yeah, some of the uh, trips that are about to be taken. Well, the like, best like, like, like there's like private jets sitting there at Pearson Airport. Not, not back tomorrow in the night. Day. Like, no, tomorrow well, night. Like, oh yeah,
1: in today's day, yeah. yeah. Like these guys have everything set up for
0: them. Like the day, out, the night after the game, they have a private <laughs> jet set up. No for them. whistles tomorrow night between the Leafs and the Bruins. Pretty much. It's like let's go right Pretty to the much. plane, fellas. You know, you know Martian and Bergeron. Yeah. These guys have money. They can figure out the situation. So the, the, the best, situation. like, in-season vacation that I got to experience was in Europe. In Europe, they have
1: national team breaks, two of them between, in, like, in the middle of the season. So you get, like, seven to ten days off Where'd in these you go? national team so you're breaks. So you were staying in Germany. Yeah, so my last, so my first year there, I joined after the national, the first national team break. And then the, na- the second national team break, I actually flew home because I was... There by myself And I had my wife and my daughter here So I came home and spent time with the family The second year we were there uh, It was the Olympic year So they didn't really have A national team break They had Olympic break So we had two weeks off In the middle of the season wow. <laughs> So we went to um, Oh man, what was the name in Spain? Ibiza? No, it was the name in, uh, in Spain Barcelona, Madrid No um, Oh god, what would you say? 20? No, it wasn't Mallorca. I have it on the tip of my tongue. I'll figure it out. Oh, God, if my wife was listening, I hope she texts me. Yeah. Anyways, it was a, a place in Spain that we went to, and it was like five or six of us that went. And it was an incredible trip. Did Sparzy go? Sparzy did not ah, come with us to, next, to, to Spain. What a
0: Spain.: Oh, man, what was the name in Spain? Well, we'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be quite the time. I look forward to hearing. Hopefully, you know, I'm sure Mark Masters will be in there reporting about some plans, and guys probably don't want to be overly honest about where they're going, especially with Leafs Nation. It's like, oh, really, Tala, Matthews is... Oh, what was the name? Tala. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look at a map of Spain and try to figure out where going I think Carlo it's like called
1: Tala Rica. Tenerife. Tenerife. Oh, Tenerife. Yes. Great Ed
0: Sheeran song about yes. Tenerife. Tenerife. Beautiful spot. Tenerife Sea, right I believe that's what that's yes. called. Oh, that is a hell of a track. Ed yes. Sheeran has a new song, by the way. That's a ridiculous track. Shout yeah. out to Ed Sheeran. Not as great as Taylor Swift, but close. Okay, close. I'll take your word on so, it. So
1: you and Taylor, are you guys on good terms?
0: Yeah, we're all good. Yeah, we're still so talking. Good? You know, we never know. It could be a reconciliation. Nice. We never know. When
1: are you planning on visiting? Chanel? She's busy with no, her no. She right she, she
0: usually visits me. I'm busy. Okay. I got a this job to do. All she right. does very little. That's going true. On. That's true. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, no Toronto date for Taylor Swift. I do notice that. Like, is that her shirt that you're wearing today? It's a nice, a very nice hoodie. But I'm trying to decide. Like, is it salmon? Is it peach? Is it cream? Is it mauve? What is
0: it? What yeah, color no, is that? I don't know. See, I look I have like a little stain on it already. It's a new shirt, yeah. That's like I think it's like a pink salmon type shirt. Okay. Remember, nice. you, remember you chirped me, we were at the Smile Zone Foundation about my pink shorts yeah. that I wore. Lindsay Hamilton, Carol Wagler thought they were really nice. I actually Because they have good fashion sense on them like
1: you. I actually take that back because I've bought my own pink shorts yeah. and I love the look on them. Yeah. You so. had
0: quite the day. Remember we were playing with some guy, he was like chirping me hard he was like a thirty five hand No, no, it was that wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> That wasn't John Ricci. That wasn't John Ricci. John Richie's a 50 handicap. But I can't remember that guy was like chirping my shorts. He's like, hey, like, you should like, try doing this with your swing. And I look at him, I'm like, dude, you're like 64 over through four holes. Like, shut your mouth. I think he was a high ranking executive at TSN or Bell Media or something. Really? Yeah, that we were paired with those guys. Uh, I can't recall exactly. I they didn't like my big shorts. Either. Yeah, I'm not going to bring the pink shorts out again. This but now season. nowadays, man, color is style. Oh no, it's, it's nothing to do with uh, color like and style in golf. Like,
1: there's nothing I love more than like cool designs. Like I wear Waggle. Like Waggle is just like it's it's not for everybody, but I love it because it's different. You love And it's incredible. colorful.
0: You, I love you the bright lights, the bright, the bright lights. colors. On the big stage in the golf course. You've got some good fashion sense. Wait till you see the shirt I've got for our Dump and Chase segment oh. later today. It's actually not that good. Actually, I'm not <laughs> even sure if I brought it. Oh, boy. I might have to go into my car during this commercial break and ensure I actually have all the stuff that I need for our Dump and Chase hit uh, this later this morning. But uh, there is some stuff we've got to take care of. Anyways, the Athletics doing a 99 list, an ongoing series where they rank the top 99 players in modern NHL history. I think Wayne Gretzky is almost a unanimous number one. There are people who are like, oh, no, it's Bobby Orr. No, the real best player is Mario Lemieux. But to be honest, it's it's really hard to conjure up an argument against Wayne Gretzky. But there's a lot of interesting topics and rankings that are worthy of debate. Like a guy like Austin Matthews is ranked as the 64th best player in, of NH- all time in NHL history. Already. It just doesn't really add up for me here. Like, he's never even been past the first round of the playoffs. Listen, Hart Trophy winner, 60 goals, perhaps the best goal scorer in the last six years of of his career since he entered the NHL. It might be Austin Matthews. But you're telling me he's the 64th best player in NHL history? Seems like a reach. But I guess you you would have to account that for Connor McDavid, too. Like, how high would you have him ranked if Austin Matthews is 64 and he is actually, McDavid is number 16. Like one spot ahead of Mark Messier. That seems way too low for me. (laughs) Way too low. Yeah. Again, it's you struggle between the playoffs. Messier. This is going to be the top five all-time
1: in points. Yeah, but this is going to be the debate every time there's a top hockey list that comes out because you're comparing two different generations, right? Like to me, McDavid is the most evolved as this the most evolved as the quizmaster. Like the most evolved player of all time, and this isn't a takeaway of Gretzky's greatness. Gretzky was amazing; he is the greatest player of all time. But you could say the same thing about Connor McDavid. What Connor McDavid's doing in today's game is incredible. That's I was just looking sure. at his stats this morning because you know you're you're trying to at the All Star break you're trying to determine or at least see where everybody stands because you were talking about Shifley with 31 goals. McDavid has 92 points at the All Star break. In 50 games.
0: He might have 60, 60 goals and 150 points. That's like 1980s type stuff yeah. happening in 2020. And this is
1: in a league, in, in, a, in an NHL world, that has the most parody the NHL has ever seen. Like in Gretzky's days there was what? Two juggernauts, three juggernauts, yeah, The teams.
0: Islanders you had. Yeah, Gretzky's Oilers. I mean, and there was a the lot of bad Pe- players. The like there in was the, the top 80s.
1: players and then like the really bad players. And I get it, it was a different game. There's more clutching, grabbing, more hitting, more fighting. You had to protect your stars. But I mean, come on, man. What Connor McDavid's doing in today's game with like you can even tier your 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 players in today's game. You have your top guys there's probably five six, or seven that 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 are in that top elite elite and then the difference between like the next
0: tier of like star and average player is not that big of a gap no not at all not at all you're right, and a lot of it has to do with opportunity as well where you play, who you play with and listen this this mcdavid all-time ranking debate will be going on for a long time, but and I guess you could say he hasn't had playoff success. What did he have last year, like 35 points in like 16 games? <laughs> Something just ridiculous uh, in, the, in the NHL, in the, in the postseason. So I don't know. It's going to be a, an interesting debate as far as the Athletics NHL 99 list and McDavid seemingly the central focus. Like Sidney Crosby, for instance. I mean, the guy's had such a remarkable career. The international success, the Stanley Cup playoff success, the regular season success, captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins. How high do you have him? Do you have him ahead of Yarmir Yager, Mark Messier, or Stevie Y, Mario Lemieux? It's, it's just going to be something where, what does Sidney Crosby need to do to fit in with the Gretzky, Howe? Well, to me, Sidney or... Crosby
1: is a top-five player of all time. Just based on the accomplishments I mean, what hasn't he won when you really think about, and I'd have to go and do a deep dive as to what he's missing in his trophy case, but Olympic, World Champions, World Juniors, um, Stanley Stanley Cups, uh, World Cup of Hockey. Like This guy has almost every trophy, heart trophies.
0: Um, Rocky Rocker he's, he's got it all. Ross. Yeah, yeah, he does. So he's to me, he's a definitely top. He doesn't player have of all he time. doesn't have a vesna. I mean, come well, on, kid. Well, Strap well, him or up. Norris, yeah, or Norris,
1: you might get. But one, to me, this was a surprising one. Malkin ranks twenty sixth, one spot ahead of Peter Forsberg. I don't know. Like to me, I, not to take away from everything Malkin has accomplished, but I don't look at him as and put him in that category of Peter Forsberg.
0: Malkin is better than Peter Forsberg? It's a debate. It's a debate. Peter Forsberg had a lot of injuries, missed a lot of time. And Malkin, I guess Malkin's missed a lot of time, too. But he's got the Cups. He's got... The Conn Smythe Trophy, I believe he has an Art Ross as well. Does he
1: have an Olympic gold medal? Mm, Did he no. win one with Russia? Russia? No, no, they
0: didn't win one. But I mean, the Olympic gold medal thing. I mean, you put Malkin on Canada, he's gonna. You put anyone on Canada, you're gonna win. Not so, really.
1: I mean, Canada didn't win an Olympic gold medal until what? 2000 and what was the Salt Lake? Salt Lake. Say
0: 2002. 2002. Yeah, and then you know they're just um, so, dominant. Dominant. Anyways, I don't, the, the Olympic gold medal stuff as far as a career resume. I mean, I think it's worth something. And for Crosby in particular, he scored the gold and. Goal. We should mention though, in that tournament, didn't he have wasn't s- that good. No, it was the it was the Rick Nash, Jonathan Taves, Mike Richards line that was the real driver yeah. of that team in many respects. And, yeah. Um. Man, that team was just nasty. I love looking back at old Olympic rosters and being like, man, they were on un- just unbelievable. Yeah. Just totally stacked. My favorite We've is been that Rob is that is that, for the is last that Stullis, I didn't want to talk about that. the Salt Lake City team with like Lemieux. Oh my god, and that Shani, was the greatest. And, yeah, it was just. Uh, yeah. Okay. Pat Quinn, the coach. God yeah, bless his soul. Yeah, Anyways, uh,
1: there's a lot of great names to be debated on that list. You can check it out at The Athletic yeah. if you want uh, um, any more info on it. It's the top 99 players of modern NHL history. Yeah. Uh,
0: and you can also check out my FanDuel best bets when we return on the other side here on First stop.